Welcome to Series 2 of the Rugby Buzz, a podcast brought to you by H&HB Events. My name is Mark Hartery and I will be your host as I chat to rugby stars past and present about matches that they were involved in that remain highlights for them. Today, I'm delighted to be able to chat to the Wales and British Lions star, Richard Hibbard. Hibbs played club rugby for Swansea before joining the Ospreys in 2004. He played over 170 times for his region, scoring 10 tries. He moved to Gloucester in 2014, where he became a cult figure, playing 100 times for the King's home side, scoring 11 tries and winning the European Challenge Cup in 2015. He made his Wales debut against Argentina in the summer of 2006 and went on to win 38 caps, scoring two tries and was part of the Six Nations Championship winning side of 2013. Later that year, he was selected for the British and Irish Lions and played in all three tests in a series-winning victory in Australia. He now plays for the Dragons in the Pro 14 and also owns The Hideout, a highly rated cafe with his wife in Port Albert. Hi, Hibbs. Uh, welcome to the Rugby Buzz. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. Uh, best as I can be doing in all the situation. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty grim out there at the moment, isn't it? Yes, uh, uh, in fairness, a lot of people got a lot worse. Obviously, I'm lucky enough to still play play rugby and uh, and train every day, so it's it's not too bad. I can't really uh, mourn too much. Well, no one listens anyway, do they? If uh, if you if you moan, um, I mean, on on that, obviously, you, you know, you're still playing, which is which is fantastic. And and from a, from a fan's perspective, it's great to have uh, some live rugby to uh, to watch. As players, how have you had to kind of adapt to the whole COVID scenario? What's what's been the main main differences? Oh, the protocols are massive uh, about the the bubble we're in and mix outside that the testing regime. The face masks. Uh, we're not allowed in our actual building where we we normally train. We got a big, uh, I say tent. It's more like a a marquee in the car park. Okay, uh, wow. And, and you can imagine at the moment when it's minus five, <laughs> everybody's in there. We got like four gas heaters. It's just, <laughs> it's freezing. It's like a cryo tank in there. Uh, I bet. Yeah, it takes you back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. The testing's yeah. always fun. Uh, yeah, and that's stuck up your nose and your throat oh, every Monday yeah. is a. Is well, for, I was going to say for anyone anyone that's 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 taken a COVID test, I've, I've had a couple and and they're not pleasant things. So I'd have to do it every week. I take my uh, take my hat off to you. It's uh, it's a it's a bit grim. And and how's life at how's life at the Dragons uh, generally? Are you enjoying it still? Yeah, loving it. Obviously, uh, well, into my third season there now. It's it's been good. It's obviously Dean came in last year. Uh, Dean Ryan. Uh, he's matured a lot, I think, and I, I was expecting one dean and a different dean turned up, and okay. I, I'm really enjoying him. To be fair, uh, and you get that, you get that a lot when you, someone comes along and oh, you got a spark again. You know, it's yeah. it's uh, it's it's yeah. been good. Did you know Dean prior to him coming in? Uh, not really. Obviously, you hear him. You speak yeah. to boys about him, and yes, uh, you heard some interesting stories. And to be fair, he's, he surprised me. I think he's uh, he, he's perfect man for this group of boys of the dragons. I think. Okay, uh, I'm getting the best of the potential there. Yeah, I mean, uh, certainly that's what's coming out of everything you see and and, and read. You know, guys like um, you know Ross, who was with you at Gloucester and stuff like that, have, have all got great things to say about uh, about him. And that that whole man management thing, as as you say, they're quite a diverse bunch as well, there, aren't they? Yeah, that's it. And, and uh, yeah, like dragons for years have been oh, not too great and always no. on a slippery slope and. You seem to nurture these quality players and like the Harley Moss, the Tyler Morgans, the Tobies, and then they get so good, they, they end up leaving you. Uh, but with the Dean nurturing the talent and, and making the squad better, uh, I think these boys will stay and, and, and a better squad will be built around them. And, and like the likes of Ross, you can build, easily build a squad around him. He's just a yeah. phenomenal player. 
Yeah, definitely. And the uh, as as you touched on there, people, uh, which again hasn't really happened in the in the past at the Dragons particularly, but people are committing their futures to the the Dragons, you know, rather than go elsewhere. And of course, you you know, you're you're regularly now over the last six months assigning some quality players either for this season or next season. So you're building quite a squad there now, aren't you? Exactly, yeah. I think that's it. Um, I, it's one of those things. It's a bit contagious, isn't it? Once one sees uh, someone come in and um, what's happened in the past where people, players have asked, oh, what, what, what's, what's it like with the Dragons? It's, it's, it, <laughs> and it's not, it hasn't been the best environment. No. But now I think he's really made a, a huge strides in the environment. Like, uh, honestly... Doing the first lockdown and stuff, whether we weren't allowed to train or, or be together, we had so many Zoom calls and keeping in the loop and all different challenges and stuff. It, it was it was actually really good. Uh, it was some sort of normality in the all the madness. Yeah, so yeah. Which the is culture side of it is is really good. He's bringing. And again, you've got that lovely mix of of real experienced guys like yourself and Jamie and and so on, and 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 also some really good youngsters coming coming through as well, which is which is again fab to see, not only for Dragons rugby, for, but for Welsh rugby as well, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and, hey, less less of the really experienced. I did. I, I did. <laughs> did I, I did I emphasise that? I'm really yes. Sorry. I noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, the more more mature then. Let's put it that way. <laughs> miles on the clock, you know. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah, you're right, and it's, it's good for those younger boys, like like the Tame Bashams, who's a, who's just a raw talent. Leon Brown again is a raw talent, and he's he's got his accolades now with Wales. And but you look at the second row we got coming through Ben Carter. Yeah, I'm hearing some fab things about him. I've never seen such a capable young man at his age. Uh, perform the way he does, you know. Um, yeah, he, he's he's a perfect example to any youngster coming through on how he goes about his business. He does everything off the pitch he can do. He does everything on the computers he can do. Uh, and, he, and it shows when he goes on the pitch. He crosses over the line. You couldn't tell he's only twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, as, as I say, you know, there's there's been some fab things uh, said about uh, said about him, but you know, guys like that must be thriving in the environment that Dean's created. That's it, and uh, uh, Dean is creating that opportunity. I think we had a leader meeting, and he's saying he's one of his big responsibilities is giving twenty three year olds or twenty year olds the best possible chance to. Make it in a rugby, and, and he's doing that by creating the environment he is. He's not shy in giving these young boys a chance. And to be fair, you, you got the Carter who's taking it, you got Fry, Ben Fry who's taking it. These boys are responding well to him, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, long may it continue because I think, again, if you go if you go back, probably at the times you were at the Ospreys, that you know the the Dragons were seen as a as a kind of poor relations in Welsh rugby, and that's not the case now. And um, you know, to have four strong regions in uh, in Wales has to be uh, has to be good for Welsh rugby, doesn't it? Yeah, well, that's it. Four strong regions can only benefit Wales in a good way, you know. And and to be fair. Back in when we first incepted as the Ospreys, the Dragons were a very good team. Mm. Um, but like all the other regions, as, as as financial burdens got harsher and everything, I think they also had a real unfair dig at the the, the budgets, and uh, so they ended up deteriorating over the years. But now I, I can really see positive strides, you know. Brilliant. Well, let's uh, let's keep a watch out for that. And um, as you alluded to, perhaps you're you're not quite as old as everybody thinks you are. So, uh, what are you, what are your plans for uh, for the future? Another three year contract, something like that. Uh, I hope we're for a four year deal, but Dean's doesn't give it to me. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think I, I, I'm not ready to retire yet. I don't think uh, I'm really enjoying it. Like I said earlier, it's. Every so often, you get a coach comes along and it, it, it sort of lights a fire again, and yeah. uh, he seems to do that. Especially with the 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 path the dragons are on, mm. uh, I can see how good they're going to be in a couple of years. Uh, and to be part of, the, even if it's part of the beginning, mm. is 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 really important and it's, and it's good. 
It's good to uh, be along for the ride. So, and I had a lovely break over COVID. So, <laughs> so you're fitter than ever now, is that right? I want to say fitter than ever, but I'm fresher. Than ever. <laughs> that's uh, well, that's fab to uh, fab to hear as uh, as as well. So, hopefully, an ex- you know a, a bit of an extended uh, playing deal will be good. Is coaching on the horizon for you? I know you've done a fair bit in the past. I'm not too sure. I, I get asked this quite a bit, and uh, mm. I'm. I'm not too sure. I don't know if I got the right temperament, or I'm certainly not looking at it at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe in a few years, when I did, if I did retire and uh, I start to miss it, maybe I will then. Because uh, one of the biggest things I do it for now is just to be around the squad. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's every squad you go to is such a good bunch of boys and good fun to be around, and that's what it gets yeah. you through the week. You know. Yeah. And and one of the one of the difficulties, I mean, you, you, you know, you you big family man and, and, you know, coaching these days could take you anywhere, couldn't it? it and and there's no there's, you know, just because you go there, you know, you could be out of a job in six months if results don't go or whatever. So it's a place is a huge burden on family as well. So that's a consideration, I guess. It is. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, you see a lot of coaches uh, losing their gigs and, and it's not yeah. great. Uh, no. You. you especially if you move your family for different countries sometimes and yeah. ended up only staying there for eight months. It's, it's not great. So yeah, it's, it's lots of things that weigh up. And uh, to be fair, I, I, I coach in the local team, the Quins. Um, yeah. Well, I started before all this nuts yeah. In, yeah. in the summer and yeah. a good bunch of lads. So I'm quite enjoying that. There's no, no pressure. Is it? It's just, they're just a good group of boys who, Want to play rugby, so it's it's good. Yeah, well, uh, well, I was going to say, and it, and it's around that squad environment. When, weren't you doing some stuff with the Wales Deaf squad as well? Yeah, I'm still doing that. Uh, again, uh, Cove has put a uh, yeah a kick in the butt of that, and uh, we haven't trained for a long time now, since before the first lockdown. So, yeah, it's yeah. uh it's crazy. Obviously, un- unlike uh, professional rugby. The, the the community rugby doesn't have the the funds to do the testing or the protocols and stuff, so I I don't know when it's going to kick back off. To be fair, no, and and you know let's hope that you know the grassroots game does survive. But you you look at what's out there right across the UK, and you just think, you know, will as many clubs come out the other side as 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 went in, and that's a that's a real worry, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it is a worry. I'm kind of hoping we don't miss a generation of, of no. people. Do you know what I mean? Uh, obviously, rugby is one of those fun sports. And once you do it, you love it. Mm. Uh, and if no one's doing it in the moment, it's always that scary thought of you, you'll you miss a generation. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, well, people find other things to do, don't they? Yeah, they do. And uh, yeah, I just hope it's not uh, the football, you know? Yeah. Well, if if ever you needed a, a, a reminder, just, you know, how, uh, you know, how young you are and how top form you are, a hat trick last time out against Connacht. Um, <laughs> is, I mean, is that your first ever hat trick? I don't think it is. Uh, like you said, I'm only a young man, so I've been playing for a Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I've definitely had one in the past. I've definitely had a few breaks. Yeah. Um, don't hold me to it, but I don't think it is my first hat trick. Oh, there we go. Well, we'll get uh, we'll we'll get a, a third one, third one along the uh, the line but as well. Somewhere accumulation of ten yards, I think that was though. <laughs> I was expecting I was expecting you to say the first one was from ten yards and the, the last one was from halfway, but um, obviously you're far too uh, far too modest. Far too modest. But, uh, well, I, I told uh, the kids I was a seventy meter try, but <laughs> ah, well, that's that's all that matters. That's what they'll that's what they'll tell their friends. So, uh, so that's uh, that that rumor will still go around. We'll see it in the see it in, in uh, the Western Mail or Wales Online now um, before uh, before too long. Um, I mean, obviously, the 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 other thing going on at the moment, Six Nations started uh, certainly as as we're recording this last uh, last weekend. Um, Wales, I think I, I saw a, a tweet from you. Saying it, you know, uh, an ugly win is better than a pretty uh, a pretty loss, um, and that's definitely what it was, wasn't it? On uh, on Sunday, yeah, it was a perfect game. Uh, like Ireland were a pretty good team, do you know what I mean? And mm. 
I know they were down to 14 men, but sometimes that galvanizes a squad. Yeah. I'm not uh, dismissing that we had a few issues, like uh, same we did in the Autumn Cup. Mm. But it'd be a lot worse if we lost that than we won it. Uh, it's easier going into training this week with that on your mind and fixing things after a win than uh, uh, than another loss, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And and of course, one of the one of those areas, and and you're as as, as well to were uh, to to speak about it. You know, is is the line out? It seems to have malfunctioned right across the autumn cup, and and again on uh, on on Sunday. Um, I, I know, I know, there seems to be this huge blame around the uh, the hooker and 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 so on <laughs> in situations like that. But as as we know, that's not that's not the case at all. It's it's a it's a whole uh, a whole effort. What what do Wales need to do to to uh, to to fix that? Do you think? Oh, it's just confidence and combinations coming back together. Like Ken hasn't played for a while. Mm. Uh, he would in the autumn. So he's just going to get used to that combination. And, and like you said, hooker always gets the flack, I think. Uh, and it was very unfair in the autumn cup with the, uh, Elias and, and yeah. Sam. And um, yeah. They all had a bit of a, a flack for the failing line-out. But no one knows. There's it's so many millimetres that can go wrong. A lift in the wrong place, uh, a jumper not jumping to the full potential, uh, the lifter not chucking him at the very end. It's so many variables in, in a line-out that it's not just, oh, the hooker can't throw. So <laughs> I, do, <laughs> I do feel for him. I think now... Uh, Ken's back and he's he's back again and I think the combination will start start really getting confident again. Yeah, well they've gone with the same if you like the, the same second rows and uh, and uh, and and Ken for uh, for Saturday up in uh, up in Scotland. But as as you say, that was the difficulty in the autumn. Ken wasn't around. We had a a, a couple of different uh, different hookers that that played and they were on a bit of a hide into nothing, weren't they? Because if if they did if the lineup didn't go right, it's ours because Ken Owens isn't playing. Um, and and that's as you say that's not fair because it uh, it does mean that everything um, you know there's lots of things that can go uh, can go right or uh, right or wrong but hopefully keeping that uh, combination the same will help on uh, help on Saturday. How, how do you see Saturday going? Oh, I think it'll be tough. I think Scotland are high after beating England, mm. uh, beating England comfortably. If, if yeah. I'm honest, yeah, uh, they were unlucky not to be much further ahead on the scoreboard. Uh, and to be fair, you've seen a glimpse of it in, in, in the Autumn's Cup with Scotland as well. They beat us at home, which was a first. Uh, so it's definitely going to be a tough day in the op- office. Uh, the physicality they brought against England, you've got to give it to them. This is the best I've seen for a long time. And we'll do well to match well, that, that- it, and not, if not beat it. Yeah, I mean that, that's if if we're honest, that's probably what's been missing from Scotland over the the last couple of years. They've always had very talented backs with the likes of Finn and Stuart Hogg and 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 you know the the, the guys there. But it's probably been that physicality, and as you say, that was a huge seed change. We saw it a little bit in the autumn, um, but on you know on Saturday, as you say, I think the scoreline actually actually flattered England, didn't it? It did, yeah. And uh, and in fairness, like. Uh, like you hear a lot of Sean Edwards getting a lot of credit out in France for changing the idea. We got Steve Tandy up there, who's who's a of course, yes. He's he's a very established coach now. He went from the Ospreys over to Australia, and now he's back in Scotland. And you see, he's really worked his magic there. You see how much mm. it means to them. Um, yeah, and it, it was good to watch. It was really good to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Steve Steve's been quite underrated, hasn't he? You know, throughout uh, throughout his career, was uh, did he coach you at the Ospreys? Yes, yeah, I played with Steve. Yeah. Funny enough. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. yeah so you, I played you, with Steve. you dropped you dropped yourself in that one <laughs> <laughs> as a, as a teenager. Obviously, you played with him. Yeah, yeah, very young teenager. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I played with Steve, and he, he was an ready player. In fairness, and he he's a great out and out seven. Uh, and then when he did get taken over the Ospreys, he was. Chucked right in the deep end. Of course he, he was, did. Yeah. He did a fantastic job, uh, mm. but then he things changed and uh, they changed, and then he just went over to Australia. And and the more experience you can get as a coach, I guess, is like a player. Like I benefited so much from leaving Wales 
play in the Prem. You just do. You have different different views, different ways of playing. It's different insights. It's And he, he seems to that. He's come back to Scotland and he seems really energised. And he, he's got them clicking for, uh, for sure. Yeah. And and you you touched on uh, touched on Sean Edwards. I mean, again, he's getting a lot of credit for the the difference that he's made to to France. Do you think they're the team to beat overall? Oh, hundred percent. I think uh, I think Sean, in fairness, he, he deserves a lot of credit with the defence. Mm. Anyone who can get those working together is is, <laughs> is a, a great coach. Uh, but in fairness, I, someone was speaking to me about it the other week um, about three or four years ago. I think someone grabbed the the French academy system by the horns and mm. really took these boys on. And, and now they see the fruition of, of these players in the Tarmacs, the Gilbert, the uh, Duponts. These boys are young, mm. but they are unbelievably good. Yeah. Are you chucking a mix of the older boys there? And honestly, they, they seem to be timely perfect for the, uh, yeah, I think I think they've won the last two junior World Cups as well, haven't they? I think, so, yeah. as you say, that they've really focused focused that, and they're now getting the um, uh, getting the benefits of that. And and you you'd be hard pushed to bet against them in twenty twenty three, wouldn't you? Exactly right, <laughs> and and that's the thing. And you see that when uh, in the Olives Cup when they lost all their so called yes. first team players, yes, they played a different team and. The the youngsters and the, the the younger boys who stepped in were just as good, if not even better, <laughs> and they should have beat England on the day. Uh, yeah, not, they should have. One hundred percent, they should have beat them. A few dodgy calls in the end, but uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, no, I, I I agree, and and they seem to have the you know the the French sides of the last I don't know twenty odd years of of have just had that you know there was a classic or you never knew which side you you were going to play that it, you know which French side would turn up they didn't travel there was no cohesion something went wrong they all started infighting and 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 so on but they seem really together now which makes a huge difference yeah it does and and, and like we said that like they win the last two junior world cups and it's that breed coming through we're, we're a completely different breed now. We haven't got that uh, uh, money and loss mentality. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they can. Yeah. They could go missing, and you see that. You can see the with uh, the new coach. He's 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 half a per, he's half a person. I listened to the interviews last week, and mm. I think he's good. He's good for a group of young boys who are confident. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's exciting times, and uh, it's it's panning out to be a, a cracking tournament once uh, once again. The uh, the other kind of big story of twenty twenty one is undoubtedly the Lions. Obviously, you 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 were uh, privileged enough to to play on the two thousand thirteen winning uh, winning tour. Um, the whole thing is kind of up in the air. Do they play in South Africa without crowds? Do they play? It's been talked about playing over here. Even Australia have thrown their hat into the ring and say we'll come out here and and play. Um, what do you think? What do you think should happen as far as the the, the, the Lions series is concerned? Oh, I th- I really really think and hope it happens. Yeah. I think it's it's one of those things that boys. It's like a uh, it's like an Olympic uh, cycle, isn't it? It's every four years, so you've got to be in the form of your life to lose. Uh, to not to ha- for it not to happen is 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 disappointing for these boys who are on super form have been building up uh, building up uh, for it and wherever it is Australia is great uh, it, it seems to be got COVID beat down there mm-hmm. uh, or even if they come up here I think it's it, it definitely has to go ahead and even if it's slightly shortened or or something I think it's it, it's it needs to. Everybody loves the Lions. It's yeah. such a special thing where the whole four nations come together as a as, as a one. You know, mm. and and of course the, the converse side. I was chatting to um, to James Horwell on on the podcast a, a few weeks ago, and and he was he was saying, of course, from an opposing player, it's a once in a career, you know, to play against the Lions. So if South Africa miss that this time round, then that will be huge for that whole generation, won't it? Yeah, will yeah. So yes, you got to be best player in twelve years for that yeah. time when they're ready to travel. It's 
it is special for the opposition. That's sort of gone over my head until you just mentioned it. But I remember John mentioned it before and all the All Blacks, when they, they played them last time, they was, that's it. It's a massive thing for for the, the boys who get selected for the other teams as well. Yeah. Yeah, the provincial sides as well, and and so on. It's 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 their moment of uh, moment of glory to, uh, to to play against it. Yeah, like you, Hibbs. I think I, I just hope it happens. It would be fab if it happened and there were crowds there. Um, and and I think you know overall, yeah. Let, it, going to South Africa has got to be the, the the first port of call, if you know, for for obvious reasons. But you know, it needs to be played with some fans, doesn't it? That's that's the that's the ideal. That is the ideal, and look, if if you can't have fans, I just still still has to go ahead, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, fingers crossed. Hope, hopefully, it uh, hopefully it it does uh, does go ahead, and will be a huge uh, a huge spectacle as uh, as it always is with the uh, with the Lions. Um, before we we pick up your favorite uh, favorite game, I, I wanted to ask you about um, your your kind of. I suppose one of one of your business ventures, I guess, on the on the side. I know you uh, you you're, you've helped open up the Hydac Cafe in in Potalbert, um, and that's you know that's been going fantastically well over the last uh, last couple of uh, couple of years. I appreciate you know at the moment with COVID and and so on, it's uh, it's not uh, not ideal. But uh, I mean, how's it how's it all going? I mean, where did where did the idea come from? Well, to be fair, I was in my town centre and buying Costa, meeting my mates constantly. Uh, <laughs> and I was thinking how much it was costing me. And uh, I, I see my calf come available upstairs in the, in the centre. Uh, and I thought, oh, why not? Uh, I went for it. Didn't tell my missus. I came home and told her then, uh, look, we've bought a calf. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's how it started. Really. And she was delighted, obviously. Uh, she was delighted at first until she knew what hit her once we started. Yeah, I bet. Uh, I'm obviously no no background into it. Uh, no no experience. We, we just dived right in the deep end and uh, we managed it. And it's, it's going very well. We're quite, quite enjoying it, to be fair. And now we've just been uh, taking the opportunity now to... Hire a bit of the roof, uh, well, at least a bit of the roof off the the town centre. So we now got a outdoor roof terrace, which is uh, going to be lovely for the summer. Yeah, I was going to say that's. Uh, I saw that on on social social media, and uh, yeah, that, that. I mean, how many how many covers will you have up uh, up on the roof? Because that again, that looks a fab uh, a fab area. Oh yeah, we'll have a few tables out there. We'll it'll be more. Uh, a relaxing area and I think it's we'll we'll sort of play it by year, see what we can cope with because on busy days it's quite hard and yeah uh, it, it's been good it's been very good and I think uh, I think what 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 me and Liv put into it is that we wanted a place where we would like to go to eat uh, with the food we would like to uh, eat as well so it's uh, it's been one of our mantras really yeah yeah, well, I wish you every uh, wish you both every success with uh, with with that when uh, when things open uh, open up again, and um, I'm sure it's a, I'm sure it's a great distraction from rugby as well for you. That's it. Yeah, going there on a Saturday and getting the old ladies trying to touch your arm as they serve a new coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Now nah, we got some real great characters coming in, and, yeah. and that's what I like. And some of them do even know I play rugby, and they just talk to me about other things. It's yeah, uh, it's it's great. And yeah, I really enjoy it. To be fair, ah, uh, good, uh, good, yeah, and uh, certainly next time, uh, next time we're down uh, down that way, we'll drop in for a uh, drop in for a cup of coffee and see how it's uh, how it's all going. I'll try um, to double. That's all right. I was expecting you to say triple, actually, Hib. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I'll, I'll take double. I'll take double. Um, the game that you've uh, picked as your favourite game, um, we're, we're smack bang in the middle of Six Nations, um, is perhaps not surprisingly a Wales uh, a Wales England clash, um, and you've picked the uh, the final game of the 2013 series. Um, at uh, at the Millennium Stadium, sixteenth of March, uh, Wales, England, and of course, I'm sure every uh, certainly every Welsh fan remembers it. The English fans perhaps 
don't want to remember it, but 30 points to three, um, a, an amazing, an amazing game. But, um, I, I mean, it, it, as, a, as a starting point, what, I suppose it's obvious in some ways, but, but why, did, why does that game stick out as a, as a, as a memory? Ah, it, oh, good question. It's, for me, it's not just the game. It's what's come before it. Yeah. I think uh, we've been on an eight-game losing streak. Yeah. Uh, went to Australia that summer. We lost the three tests out there in that tour. I think it was 11 points across the board in the, all three tests. was a losing margin, uh, which is berserk. Then we play the autumn games, lose all four, or we could have drew one of them. Goes into the first game, uh, and that was Ireland at home. Mm. I think we were 30 points to three down at half time. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, just after half time, yeah. 30 yeah, points we to nearly, three. And we nearly came back to win, uh, which was berserk. Uh, I weren't involved in that one. I, got, I was injured. I was just coming back. Uh, so you can imagine, right? Uh, Wales is 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 an amazing place. But if you're not losing, they're not shy of telling you. Uh, no, absolutely. So, oh, well, it's like everywhere, really. Yeah. <laughs> so you imagine the yeah, pressure well, uh, on. Yeah. You, know, you can imagine the pressure we were on for an eight-game losing streak. Uh, it was called for gats. It was called for players to be moved on. It was called this and that and every other rugby fan, you know? Yeah. Uh, but like, and, of course, uh, of course, you mentioned gats. I mean, gats actually wasn't in charge for that, that Six Nations campaign, was he? Yeah. He was off with the, off with the Lions, but, um, but yeah. Howlers. It, yeah, Howlers was yeah. in charge. So you can imagine the pressure <laughs> that was building. And, yeah. And it's sort of... Normally, pressure sort of spills over, and things people do stupid things. But this sort of pressure just sort of pushed us all closer together. And as a squad, from staff to physios to coaches to players, we just got so tight. It, it was ridiculous. It was it was such an incredible feeling of of solidarity and uh, and tightness as a squad. And I think after that game, we had a good meeting on the, the following week, and we. We were ready to go, you know. Mm. We let out. We we didn't notice the outside distractions. Uh, we go over to France uh, in their own patch and and turn them over. Uh, yeah. yeah, and that's how it's sort of the the first uh, that little snowball started to fall well, down uh, the hill, you know. And of course, you mentioned you mentioned the kind of goldfish bowl, and and as you say, there's goldfish bowls everywhere, particularly in particularly in Wales. You've do, you've as you say, eight games on a, a on a on the banks that you've lost. You've lost at home to Ireland, and then you've got three away games. You know, France, Italy, Scotland. In in a strange sort of way, being outside of that bubble for those three games and and being away. Can you imagine if the next game was at home as well, or something like that? It probably did, uh, as, as you say, did you the world of good to be to be able to get close as a as a as a squad and go over to Paris, win sixteen six. I think that was the that was a was was that the famous George North That's the one. pitch invasion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we thought some mad taff was trying to run on the pitch. It turns out it's not just dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's a that was a great one, uh, and to get the result out there is tough enough, but. Uh, that was it. That's how the momentum started. Yeah, and then over to Italy and a and a, you know, a, again another grind as it always is in in Rome. You know, break them down, break them down, and then you know win in the end quite comfortably. Um, and then up to up to Scotland, um, and I, I think you even got got the only try, didn't you? I did. Yeah, another seventy meters. Uh, <laughs> solo run, three side steps. Uh, yeah. And then there was a ruck before the line, and I picked up and got over. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, again, that was a tough game, uh, mm. real tough game. We weren't exactly uh, world beaters that day. We just, like you said, grounded out. I think mm. we were side playing together. We were playing tight as a team, and and we grounded out to get the win up there, and uh, and that was. Really good. It, yeah, it, yeah. It, and what it did, it just put us down to the last game, and the last game happened to be England, who are well, for a Grand Slam. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, again, you take 
you take half time in the first game, 30 points to three down against Ireland. As a squad, you would never have ever thought that you'd be going into the last game with a chance of winning the winning the championship at uh, at, at that stage. And as, as you say, that that victory up in Scotland, you scored, but it was it was kind of Lee's boot, really, wasn't it? That just kept you know just kept ticking it over, ticking the scoreboard over, and come away with the the win. And then it's all set up for for England at home. Um, both sides at that stage probably very settled, um, you know, around uh, around that. And as you say, England were coming down to win the Grand Slam. They'd won four out of four. Um, but I think uh, Wales had to win by, was it seven seven or more points, eight, I think? Eight, to, eight, yeah. eight points. Yeah, yeah to, that, uh, that, that was it. That was the build-up in the week. England obviously chasing the Grand Slam. They were, I think, seen in the press about thinking, you know, uh be a lot more physical for us and dominate us and all this sort of stuff. And and the build-up into it, uh, in fairness, like in our camp, it was never talk about the eight points. The only talk was about winning the game. And yeah. uh, it was no like, oh, we got to go for tries, we got to go for this, we got to go for that. We didn't care if we won by one point. All we wanted no. to do was win the game. Uh, yeah. And that was our primary focus. Uh just the there's just the whole build up and the when you're on a roll in Wales, you know you're on a roll and the whole nation is just buzzing and it's it's so contagious and everybody starts to buzz and and it, it was just a great feeling. Yeah. Know. And I, I remember talking to uh, talking to Sam about this particular game as well and, and he said he doesn't think he's ever experienced a better atmosphere than than was in that stadium on that day. Would you agree with that? Oh, 100%. Uh, it's, it, I still can't describe it. It is like uh, full house, roof closed. Mm-hmm. You could almost cut the air. That's how you could feel. Do you mean you You could almost, it, it felt like you had to move through the air in the in the stadium. It was, wow. it was that thick with uh, anticipation, if anything. It was just yeah. incredible. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. And as I say, it, it, you know, it is difficult to difficult to exp, you know explain. Is again, I remember talking to to Hooky in the last series and and about the atmosphere generally when the roofs closed, and he said exactly the same. I don't think you can actually describe it. You have to you have to feel it, and That's and it, it's yeah. just it's just absolutely incredible. And it certainly it, you know certainly comes across as well on the the TV and if you if if you're in the uh, in the stands. So you know that that was a a huge starting um starting point from uh, from 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 that uh, that side and as you say England had uh, had you know come out how they were going to you know almost beat Wales up wasn't it in terms of being physical and and uh, and and so on and I guess that was that helped that helped as well in terms of the the, the camp get everyone ready for the game I sort of uh, I miss one of my favorite parts of that day it was was the bus ride in um, okay that's one of the special Bits of playing for Wales is the bus ride in. Obviously, you get a police escort all the way down to the final street, and then the the police car pulls over, uh, the police motorcycles uh, pull over, and and the horses take you down the street into the stadium. Wow. And the and the amount of people on the street was just berserk. You you could start to feel the the, the atmosphere in the street before you even got to the stadium. Hmm. Uh, and yeah, it's special, isn't it? Yeah. It's incredible. It's it's no other feeling like it. It, it it's it's phenomenal. Uh, yeah. the, the Welsh fans are truly a special breed, you know. I, I mean, again, conversely, we we uh, I, again remember talking to Martin Johnson about that bus ride in, in down Westgate Street as as an in an England coach, um, and he. Well, he basically said exactly the same. The, the Welsh fans are absolutely crazy. He said, you, you know, you had people diving off the sign, headbutting the bus, and and God knows what, you know, going uh, going on. He said it was just absolutely incredible to go down Westgate Street. So, you know, to to imagine as a as a home home player going down that route must be uh, must be incredible. Yeah, I wouldn't like to be an opposition come to that. <laughs> not, not with uh, thousands and thousands of mad drunk Welshmen. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Well, I mean, the game itself. I mean, it. it you know, the the first half actually in in 
in terms of the whole game was quite was quite tame, wasn't it? In in as much of, of the scoring, a, a couple of Lee kicked a couple of penalties early early doors give you give you a bit of a breathing space. I think Farrell got well, it, what turned out to be England's only points then, um, and and it was it was nine three at half time, but. Again, Wales had probably dominated the first half, hadn't they? Well, you say tame. Uh, <laughs> the intensity and the philosophy that the game was in was just different level. I- I've only ever been involved in gamers being that that sort of level of pace and intensity twice, and uh, that's one of them. And the third Lions test was the other. Yeah. Uh, I can remember that game and I was thinking, oh, I am blowing you. I am. I hope it's only about four minutes to half time. And I think, <laughs> how are we going to keep this up? It, it's just yeah. impossible. And I looked up the clock and it was 12 minutes gone. I am thinking, oh, fuck. It's <laughs> uh, uh, how am I going to let it survive? And uh, lucky enough, I looked over and I seen Adam Jones next to me. He was <laughs> he was looking even worse, so I was happy. <laughs> yeah, there's always someone worse than you. Hibs. There's always something. You know, that's uh, that's the that's the outlook on life. Yeah, as I say, from a from a scoring perspective, as I say, nine three at half time, and actually, you know, whilst it's tame from a scoring perspective, it 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 actually paints the story about how. Uh, how I guess how intense that that was that you know it was full on wasn't it as you say you know right uh, right throughout that and neither side had particularly looked like looked like scoring you know freely it was it was hammer and tongs all the way wasn't it it was yeah and that and that's that in fairness it was our, was our, the way we played I mean we hmm. I, I was our plan was to grind teams and grind teams and and really take them to a different place until about 60 minutes and, mm. and that's where you get the drop off then and that's when you like that game we opened up to the the margin we did and it just we just knew something had to give do you know yeah yeah and 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 then you know second half at least lots of a penalty early doors twelve three so so suddenly that as you say not a not a particular focus of the side but everybody watching at home thinks so oh, hang on they're now ahead in terms of that eight point uh, eight point gap um, and then Cuthbert's first try again was was just sensational in terms of the the the, the build up a turnover in the centre field I think again. Tips was involved in 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 that, and then kind of quick hands, and then Cuthbert just does his stuff on the on the outside, outpaces Mike Brown, Owen Farrell, uh, and suddenly it's seventeen three. And uh, again, from a from player's perspective, that must have been fantastic to see happen. Well, to be fair, uh, at this point, I think I've come off. And uh, I, I was going to say you were actually on the bench watching it, but yes, yeah. you, you had uh, you had come off. You'd done your uh, done your stuff, but. Yeah, I've left it all out there, and, and, <laughs> and to be fair, you know what I did? I walked straight back up the tunnel and couldn't watch it. Is that right? Uh, I was so nervous, uh, and I never get right. nervous either. So, and then I, you, then all of a sudden, you're the, the the change room starts to shake, and the thunder and the loud voice comes up, and he obviously we've scored because uh, yes. it would have been a little bit more muted if it was a. Uh, the other way around, so I sort of poked my head around the corner, see the TV screen, and see we scored. I stay still stayed there because you know what rugby's like; it's, yeah. it's never a done deal. So, no. Uh, and then we score again, and you again, the change room starts to shake, and you feel the build up, and and there comes the roar, and then, and that's the point where I was brave enough to come back out. <laughs> Yeah, again, fascinating to 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 hear that. But uh, that you know that second try, you know, whilst Cuthbert finished it off, uh, I mean, the guy that was was just on fire on, on, in in that game was uh, was you know Justin Tipperick, and and you know you you played with him at the Ospreys. What what a phenomenal player he is, isn't he? He's incredible. Uh, uh, honestly, you could put you could put six, seven, eight on his back. You could put nine, ten, twelve, thirty on his back, uh, and you wouldn't notice him out of place. Maybe nine, but uh, everywhere else you wouldn't notice him. And he, he did. He played like a hybrid that day. 
yeah. to set up Cuffy the way he did and, and just put him in for ease. I mean, while playing like a seven as well, being just a noise and nuisance everywhere. Yeah. yeah. He's just a, just a gifted, talented player. And, yeah. And, and whenever and, he's on the pitch, Wales have got half a chance of winning, you know? Well, I, I was going to say that was what was uh, what was absolutely shocking on, uh, you know, to to watch the game on on Sunday, and he actually missed a tackle, didn't he? I, I don't think I don't think I've seen him miss a tackle for years and years and years, and and it's like that was never that was never tips then, just missed missed that, and and that that just shows you what a what a you know top top player he is, and and the dummy that. The dummy that he uh, he fed Mike Brown with in in uh, in the build up to that try uh, gen- just typifies him, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I think Mike's still looking for that pass. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think if you if you when you think of tick tips, you never think of a missed tackle, and you're right. You probably you probably have to look for a fair few games back for a missed tackle off him. Yeah, uh, and that just shows how much of a consistent class player he is. You know. Yeah. Uh, and for me, he's unreal. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, it, it, you know it, that game as well showed everything that was good. And of course, it, you know Wales had gone for for him and Sam in the back row, which arguably that that should have happened many, many, many more times. Um, you know, throughout their uh, out their careers, you know, them them playing together. I would have uh, I would have thought because you know what a partnership they were. Well, they were. Uh... And to be fair, we had some great partnerships. Obviously, Lydia and Sam were a great mm. partnership. Toby is a mix, you know what I mean? So we've been blessed in that. And I think, yeah, with with Tips. And he's done it the hard way, do you know what I mean? Sam was always our first choice, first yeah. captain, you know what I mean? And Tips still be where he is and still performing the way he is. He's just a testament to the bloke and the character he is, you know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, It's as I say, he... Uh, yeah, he, he just continues to do uh, to to do his stuff, and then you know the the, the remainder of the match. I think Dan slotted a, a penalty to take it to to thirty uh, thirty points to three. But you're you're back out watching it now, and and you're quite comfortable that uh, that it's going to be a going to be a victory. Um, what were your emotions in those last few minutes from uh, you know from the sidelines there? Uh, I I can't really. That's a, that's a tough difficult one. I just remember. Being so happy, do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. It was only six weeks earlier that we were. This team was on a game losing streak. Do you know what I mean to yeah. to perform and then end up with a performance and uh, like that was just just incredible. We looked like a different team, and I think everybody involved that day just just literally put everything out there uh, uh, to get that result. Uh, so it just, oh, it was just a clasp thing to be part of, you know. Yeah, 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 and uh, and I, and I would imagine there were one or two celebrations later, were there? <laughs> it was actually, yeah. it always <laughs> is. Um, but honestly, right, there's a thing after a game like that, and you saw you've been involved in something like that ferocious mm. that. About doesn't matter how many beers you got into you. About twelve to one o'clock, it suddenly the adrenaline runs out and it hits you, yeah. <laughs> and you may as well be hit by an ambulance because uh, yeah. all you want to do is think, "Oh, right, okay, it's time to go back to the hotel room now." I am. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So it it, it was good. Uh, I think the party carried on the next day, so it, was, it went too Even bad. Better. Yeah, even better, exactly. Yeah, even better. So, yeah, I mean, six, six Nations champions and uh, and and everything that in, entails. And I think you know, it, it it's been it'd been a while. It, Wales had won the Grand Slam the previous year, but it, it's uh, not many times have they then followed up by winning the the title the following year. So, again, another pretty special achievement for uh, for for that side to to do that. Yeah, definitely. I think. Uh... Like I've said so many times now, the way we went about it, uh, the, the start point we were at uh, after winning the Grand Slam the year before, uh, it was it was good. It was good to see the growth of the team and how we all came together. How tight it was. It was it, it was so good to be part of. It, it's hard to put into words 
Yeah, and and, uh, and of course, one of the other one of the other, I guess, consequences of 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 that game and that victory was it probably changed quite a few of the of of the lions uh, of the lions selections in terms of um, you know perhaps. Perhaps you would you would argue some of the English guys perhaps played themselves out of it, and some of the Welsh guys played themselves in. So um, it, again, it was a huge significance from from that perspective with Australia you know, on the horizon. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, even Gatson has been said and said it. Uh, all the fifty fifty calls sort of came down to that day. Then in the end, mm. uh, so yeah, a lot of boys really showed what they could do and. And then got sort of repaid the faith to go down to Australia and any 50-50 calls, uh, it was settled out there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And well, it, it proved, uh, it proved correct in the end, didn't it? Uh, you know, with the, with the series, uh, the series victory out in, uh, out in Australia. I mean, I mean, from your perspective, being involved in that, that Lion series, what did that mean to you? Oh, that's just crazy. That's, that's just like uh it was the craziness that topped off the rest of the year, you know. So we win that championship, uh, and then you you go back to the Australians, you play for a bit, and uh, like you you never have an inkling. You 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 sort of like the the Lions thing comes around uh, every Six Nations uh, that squad that time when it's on and measures everybody for kit and stuff. So you got every single team measured out. So if they do get selected. Uh, and then you get, I think, a letter sent out to like eighty players, so you're potentially in it for it. So, so you don't find out until uh, everybody else, like on the day. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I was going to say because because that, that that's that's right, isn't it? You you find out the same time as everybody else on the, you know, when they come out in the press conference. Is that right? That's that's it. Yeah, hundred percent. It is, uh, <laughs> and it's crazy because. Uh, I, I had no inkling or I didn't even expect or I, I, no, I didn't even, I wouldn't even hope I was going there. I, I just couldn't see it, you know? Yeah. So, and then when they called, uh, I think they called Hartley and then they called Youngs. So automatically I thought, H, Hartley's gone there, Youngs. So I got, all right, yeah, fair enough. Uh, and then he called my name and I was just berserk. And the next twenty four hours just just like a whirlwind, and I, I think my phone died about four times from people texting me. <laughs> uh, but again, it's such a uh, a great uh, memory. Yeah, and it's a pinnacle, isn't it, for for individual players? You touched on it earlier, and you know the Lions is so special, and and the the four nations. So it's you know as far as the four nations are concerned, it, it's the best of the best, isn't it? And to be even in that squad is is a is a huge achievement, isn't it? Well, you think about it. You have to go for the whole season playing well for your club, yeah. to then get selected for your your country, and then play well for your country, and form the best out of four countries in that position. And uh, bear in mind, you've got injuries to worry about. You've got other things to worry about. You've got so many things. And then to get through all that, there is a huge element of luck to go with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but like, like a lot of people say, you create your own luck. And mm. uh, to get on it then, and it, it's special. You, the, the timing's got to be it. And... It's got to be written in your stars, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 it, it, as you say, perhaps fate. Um, I'm a big believer in fate, and I think you, you know sometimes it's it's just meant to be, isn't it? And uh, and that's uh, you know that's, that's a huge achievement, and um, a, you know, huge well done on on as you say, you, you, everything's got to align, isn't it? It's it's got to got to align all the way through, and you've got to stay fit and 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 get on that. Uh, get on that plane so um fantastic um fantastic memories but before we we kind of finish off um the, the other the other thing i wanted to to perhaps chat to you uh chat to you about was um i think uh, now now he has been selected there was no there was no doubt it i think is it is it his 150th cap allen win on saturday 
Um, and you know, you, you know the guy, but you know, to be out injured for six weeks or whatever it was, six eight weeks, and then to turn up on on Sunday and give the type of performance that he gave, just just you know, the guy is a is an absolute machine, isn't he? And uh, you know, you played with him, you've been captain. I mean, sum up what Alan Wynn's all about in terms of uh, in, in in terms of that. Alwyn is a freakish machine. Uh, <laughs> it's the only he's he's psychotic, uh, and that's the only way to describe him. And he's so psychotic, he can never let it give in. He can never give in to his body. He can never let it give in to rugby. And I think it's hard enough to come back from injury and play sixty minutes for your club team. Yeah. To come back from injury and play eighty minutes for your country and perform the way he did was just. Well, I just epitomise as Al, uh, how uh, how psycho he is, uh, and I wouldn't be surprised. On the Monday, he was the first person on the training park. It's still the last to leave, and that's the type of character he is. And he always has been. He's he's always strayed to push himself to the to the max. I can remember that uh, one of the tests I've done on the Lion series, mm. or one of the midweek games. I think I can't remember which one it was, but I remember him. A message came over the mic saying, "Oh, I looks tired. Let's get him off." Yeah. Uh, and the scrum was in the far corner, and he sprinted just to prove a point from that scrum <laughs> to the subsequent. I mean, a flat-out sprint. It just looked ridiculous, and just to prove a point that he's not tired. You know, he, yeah. he, it just sums the book how psycho he is. And yeah, yeah, and yeah. he he deserves every one of those hundred fifty caps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and you you know you wouldn't bet against him if if the Lions tour happens this year, being on you know within that uh, within that squad and playing a big part in that, would you? Yeah, I wouldn't put it past. Him, to be fair, just his experience, let alone anything else. You know what I mean? Yeah, his playing ability speaks for itself. Uh, but there are a lot of good second rows out there. But his experience, no one's got that. No one, no one has got any of that. And I remember the 2013 World uh, the Lions, and mm. with Paul O'Connor, he came along. And mm. it was a testament of the bloke where if you're injured on a tour, you normally just get sent home. Yeah. But Paul stayed with the squad to help, uh, just help just help the boys, you know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, and people's presence like that, presence of the of great players and uh, wealth of experiences is great for a squad and it will help, especially against these South Africans as well. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you look around the Welsh squad and you, you know, you touched on people like Ben Carter, you know, what a, what an opportunity it would be for Ben Carter to spend, you know, a couple of weeks training in the same camp as Alan Wynn, um, you know, to, to, uh, for, for that to kind of rub off and, and, and so on. And, you know, people like Adam Beard, um, you know, playing with him kind of day in, day out. Uh, it, again, it, it must must make a huge, huge difference. And we—I always heard that you know he's he's got to be the first at training. He's got to be the first to this and first at that. And and you've borne that borne that out, and it says says so much about him, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Yeah, and I think uh, <laughs> yeah, he's just one of these people you want to follow. Uh, yeah, because you know he'll never ask anything that he wouldn't do, and uh, not anything he wouldn't do, anything he wouldn't do first. Yeah. All for you. So, yeah, he's just uh, one of these people you love to follow, you know? Yeah. Well, on uh, on that note, Hibs, um, hopefully, as I say, by the time this goes out, this, the Scotland game will have will have happened but hopefully another uh, another cracking uh, cracking game of rugby it's been fantastic to uh, to catch up with you again great to hear that you're still in, enjoying uh, enjoying your rugby down at the dragons and uh, looking forward to that uh, that next uh, that next hat trick from uh, from you <laughs> hibs it's been a it's been a pleasure as always to uh, to chat Thanks, to you and as I say we'll, uh, we'll catch up next time we're down in uh, down in Port Albert. all the best hibs yeah. cheers care. man thank you okay bye bye now, for all of our listeners, we have an amazing competition, the chance to win a signed, unframed print of Richard Hibbard from his Gloucester days. To win, simply answer the following question. How does Hibbs describe the Wales captain, Alan Wynne-Jones? To enter, simply either message us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or via our website. The competition will close on Sunday, March 7th, and the winner will be chosen at random 
and notified soon after. Thanks for listening to the new series of the Rugby Buzz. We do hope that you're enjoying these podcasts. If you are, then why not share them with your friends and contacts? And of course, leave us a review. Don't forget, if you've missed any of the episodes from either Series 1 or Series 2, you can still catch up with them wherever you normally listen to your podcasts. One other thing to mention is that we're proud to be supporting Brockworth RFC in Gloucester over the next few days with one of our online auctions to help them raise much-needed funds for the club. And in a few weeks, we're supporting the charity Wooden Spoon, who are the children's charity of rugby, also with an online auction. All the details will be across our social media channels. And don't forget, if we can help any sports clubs, schools or charities with their fundraising, then please get in touch. We'll be back with you for another episode next time. But in the meantime, be safe.